Okay, welcome along to another episode of Sweet Tea and Coffee. Uh, we have today some major news to announce to you. This, we, this just in. We, we do. We do have some major news. Okay. So we looked on... I don't know what we looked oh, on. Yeah, we looked on yeah, the internet yeah. machine, and uh, the internet <laughs> machine told us that we have viewership outside of Texas... Outside, outside well, let's start here. Outside of East Texas. Right. Outside. I said viewership, listenership, whatever you'd say. <laughs> yeah. Listeners. We have listeners. We have friends of the pod. Yeah. Outside of East Texas. Outside of Texas. Yeah. Outside okay. of Texas. Give Keep us going. a couple of places in the United States where we have some, we have some listeners in New York. Uh, New York. Enid, Oklahoma. Shout out to whoever's listening to Enid at Oklahoma. Enid, Oklahoma. Yeah. Friend of the pod. Yeah. Whole community. Friend yeah. of the pod. Yeah. Um, and then outside, believe it or not, of the United States. We have listeners in Hess, Germany. Germany. At least one guy. At least one guy. Yeah. Shout out to Germany. Yeah. Okay. They probably listened to one episode and thought, this is not Actually, what I expected. Yeah. It's probably some sort of spam. Like they just yeah. click on everything. They were probably looking for a coffee podcast. Yeah. Well, hello, Germany. Yeah. Hope we're not disappointing you. Anyway, this is exciting. So we've gone global and uh, glad <laughs> you're a part of it. We have gone global. We have some really exciting news uh, today. Uh, in our studio, we've got uh, who I have dubbed the greatest preacher in America. Yeah. Uh, and he loves it when I do that and, and give him all that sort of attention. But um, but we have with us Keith Ellison in the house today. He is a Fredonia Hill favorite, my, uh, greatest preacher in America, mm -hmm. my friend. I'm so excited uh, to get to dive into his story a little bit today. And I think the guy with one of the coolest cars. Yeah, in, he just rolled up in, in the, a real cool car. And we're going to talk about all that. Yeah. So stick around. Sweet tea and coffee. Okay, as I said, we've got Keith in the house today. And I think where I left off in the intro is really where we need to begin. Because Keith, uh, he, he has a... Uh, a, a staple, an image that he carries around town. You always know where Keith is because he has really, really, really unique vehicle. And mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, he's got all sorts of really cool uh, stories. And he started out in California, made it here to Nacogdoches, has been here for a while. And we're going to get into all that. Right. But the first thing, and I think the thing that everybody wants to know is what's the story about the car? This thing is so cool. What, give us the, the story on the car. Welcome, Keith. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Um, well, about the car, uh, you know, I was brought up in Los Angeles, and El Caminos were the premium car, mm. especially when you fix them up. Okay. So I always wanted one. So I never thought I could get one, but always did. So uh, Like as a kid. That was, as a that kid, was the yeah, car. That was the car I wanted. Yeah. So finally got to Nacogdoches, uh, maybe about five years ago, uh, this guy coming to the post office and uh, he had a for sale sign on that car. And then we just start talking. Yeah. And then I said, man, how much you want for that car? And so he said, 8,000. And then I said, well, <laughs> what about if I could give you cash? What about 5,000? Okay. A little negotiating yeah, yeah. right there in, right, the, post, in like, the post office. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm taking care of business while That's I'm waiting right. on the customer. That's you know? right. That's right. <laughs> and so we, we came to a price. Um, he sold me the car and everything else is history after that. You've only been driving that car for five years? Yeah, about approximately about five years. Wow. So, so yeah, give me the details on this car. So your model, all that. Oh, okay. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. get into okay, it. Yeah, People want to have that. 
people uh, wanted it's it. 1986 El Camino. Okay. Um, it was the last year they made them. Um, uh, it has, uh, I, I redid the inside. So the you did it yourself? No, okay. Not me. I was going to say, that's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty cool. That's another. That's something I didn't know about you. You, you had it done. I had it done. There okay. you go. Okay. So I had the inside repostered. Um, uh, did the wheels. My, then I uh, put the wheels on there. Uh, the uh, paint job, which is, uh, I think, which stands out. Yeah. Uh, the two-tone. Yes. Yeah. Um, this guy named Wayne Bowen, uh, he uh, remodeled the car for me. His wife picked out the color. Okay, so okay. you said I'm not going to do that. You- yeah, yeah. She she picked out the color and she said that it has to match the dirt or wherever you are. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's the way we chose a rug in yeah. our living room. So, yeah. I mean, it, I, I never knew that. Okay, that's, so that's not that's the original really, color of the car that was a different? No, okay. no. Because it, it, looks, it looks like an 86 El Camino to me, yeah, like yeah. just the color and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, So she was saying, so when I talked to her, she was like, yeah, whenever you do something, it has to match the dirt of wherever you that's are. That's brilliant. And that's why we have the two-tone like that. And it looks so good. And it just stands out. Even when it's dirty, you can't tell it's dirty. That, that, yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so was that a... Was two-tone, and I'll just tell you right now, I don't know anything about uh, El Caminos and their history. Was, was, were they originally painted in two-tone? Yeah, or? It, yeah, okay. You do have two tones. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's way cool. So he just wanders up in the post office. You see him with, Man. with like your, your car. Okay, I seen him drive by the post office a couple of times, and every time he drove by, I was like, "Man, y'all see that car? Look at that car, y'all!" Man, and when he came in and he had the for sale sign on it, oh, that was it. It was it. Man, how do you how did you contain yourself to be able to negotiate? I mean, the dream car is right there, and you've got to now now it's on. You got to negotiate. I I didn't wait on anybody else. (laughs) We had the line building up. Close this window. I'm only talking to this one guy. I was like, wait a minute. And so I'm I'm trying to negotiate with him, and everybody's looking at me, but I'm focused, and I'm like, I got to get this done right here and right now. So the next day, I went to the bank. That's amazing. Cashier check, and it was mine. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Okay, so any future plans for it, or is it like finished? Is it uh, the way you want it to be? No, not, not okay, okay. Okay, for me, <clears throat> I want to do a uh, convertible. Mm. See, I want to make it a hard top though, where I can put the top back on right. it and take it off when it gets hot. Now, is that something that they originally had, no, or that would just be no, totally that, custom? Yeah, that's custom. Everybody's telling me not to do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to mess it up. They, so I'm like, well, it's mine. And you say, it's mine. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah. So that's what I'm looking to do. Oh man, that's way cool. Well, I, that we had to hear that story. Yeah. That's just uh, that is your uh, your staple. Your your brand is the El Camino. Yes. running around town Wh- so. wherever wherever I am. Like I had a, uh, I was on the south side of town at a store. This lady came into the post office and said, "I saw you over at such and such yesterday." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that that's something you got to be aware of when you have that unique of a vehicle. Is everybody in a small town? Man, right? everybody knows. I can't hide, exactly man. where you are. You yeah. can't hide. Can't well, that's hide. awesome. So you mentioned that you grew up in Los Angeles. Yes. So uh, there's not many people that live here in Nacogdoches that grew up in Los Angeles. Right. That's quite the journey to yes. go from there. Yes. I know you at some point. Um, obviously you were here and I don't know if people know this about you that you played football here for SFA so take us on that journey how does a kid growing up in LA get all the way to East Texas man what a journey it's a guide's journey mm-hmm. yeah um, okay my my junior year of high school uh, I was all American uh, man I had letters from every college that you can name wow you know just prospect letters what position did you play uh, I played uh, tight end and uh, defensive end Okay. Okay. Uh, so I was getting all these prospect letters 
coming in. Um, so my senior year was supposed to be the blow up year, my year. Um, so right before my senior year, uh, Los Angeles had a no pass, no play. Hmm. Right. So me being the student that I was, uh oh, okay, algebra, uh oh, okay. I didn't go to class as much as I should have. There it is. <laughs> this is a theme. I think the last few people on our podcast have yeah. had the same story. Blake's got a similar yeah. story. That's so, so funny. <laughs> okay, it's algebra though, man. Okay, so, that's yeah. And I thought I was doing good enough to pass, right? And so my coach was like, "Okay, Keith, how are your grades?" And I said, "Oh, I'm good." Uh, he talked to the teacher. He asked him, "How is his grades?" And he said, "Oh, yeah, he's good." Man, uh, when the report cards came out, he gave me a he he gave me an F. Oh, so no. I failed algebra. And then I was ineligible to play my senior year. Oh, no. Which is so, crushing for yeah. prospects. Yeah, and- yeah. So my, my thing was, what do I do? Yeah. Uh, where, do I do, where do I go to play my senior year? Right? Because I couldn't play in Los Angeles. So we end up shipping me to Texas. Hmm. So I, I played at uh, O.D. White my okay. senior year. Uh, didn't do well there. Nobody knew me, so there was no groundwork for me. Yeah. So they just kind of stuck me in the back. So you moved from California to Texas? Just to play football. To play football? Yes. Wow. Yes. Well, that's that's incredible. Well, because I had family here already. Okay. So it, it, it wasn't that hard of a transition. Okay. But the senior year, man, you, you're so yeah, disconnected. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then me being um, primed for college football, then getting here and everybody already have their position. And, and so you're just like a, another piece. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I end up going to a junior college uh, in Ranger t- at Ranger, Texas. Yeah, um, yeah, that's at Rangers off I twenty, right? Yes, uh, yeah, 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 yes, yes. West uh, West Texas, yeah, yeah. Learn how to two step there. Watch out! Come on, man. So <laughs> watch out. He can do it all. He, yeah. can, do, he, he can do it all. <laughs> I learned how to two step at Ranger Junior College. Uh, so I played ball there. Uh, Stephen F. Austin came down, saw me, uh, offered me a scholarship. So that's how I got to Stephen F. Austin. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the Texas thing just stuck. You moved here, played yeah. that senior year, and then yeah, rest is history. You, the, the rest you've is been history. here for the rest of your life. That's crazy. Yeah, somewhat. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, and then even at Ranger, man, I, I ran track too. I ran the 400-meter uh, uh, one time. <laughs> what do you mean one time? What does that mean? <laughs> All right, I, I was trying to improve my speed. Yeah. And so I said I wanted to run track. So the track coach said, well, I don't know if you're going to take it serious, but we'll let you run unattached at our next meet. So you know what unattached means? Does it just mean you're not affiliated with a team? Exactly. You okay. can come with us and you can. Uh, <laughs> no, we're, we're not claiming you. Though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> In case this goes bad, you're not with us. <laughs> so they told me I could run unattached. So I said, okay, cool. And so I've been, I was training for the 400, right? Boom, 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 boom. So at the meet, you know, I get down in my stands. Everybody else is standing up. Right, I get I get down on my hands and knees, and I'm pr- I'm priming for for the race. Right, the gun goes off. I take off, pop. I'm in first place for the first 100. I'm in first place. The Uh-oh. first 200. I'm in first place, and I'm like, I'm gonna win this thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. At the 300 I'll show mark, them about unattached. <laughs> man, hey, at the 300 mark, I started seeing people gaining on me. Uh oh. And then all of a sudden, at the 350, I'm like. 
I can't move. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all over. They just start passing me, man. I almost just start crawling in, man. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So you ran out of gas I right ran out of gas, the man. So the track coach comes back and goes, see, that's why we <laughs> that's were That's why you unattached. unattached. <laughs> oh, man. They had to pull me off the field. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, I so that it. was the end of your track career? That was it. I said, okay, I did it. Check it off my list. I'm good. Yeah. So what what position did you play when you came here at SFA? Uh, Same safety. thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so safety. Okay. Yeah, when I was at Ranger, uh, I played uh, free safety. Um, uh, when I got here, they moved me to strong safety. Okay. Yeah. So what was your experience like as a as a student athlete? I mean, it's a it's a it's a unique way to go through school. I mean, you're yeah you have to be dialed in yeah. in your studies and and in in your your athletics. <laughs> what what was that like for you? You're shaking your head. <laughs> okay. I don't know how it is now, uh, but back when I played, um, one of the things you just had to have uh, like 1.5 in order to be eligible. Okay. So if that tells you anything. Yeah. 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 So uh, study halls or, and all that other stuff wasn't a priority for us. Yeah. So it was basically uh, just show up. Yeah. If you show up sometimes and make sure you get that D average, yeah. you're good. Okay, so I yeah, I know so it's, you, you you met the standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah I met the standard. <laughs> so you, uh, you know, education wasn't the primary goal. The goal was to make it to the NFL. Okay, so, so that's the goal. And what happened? Did you play in the NFL? No, I fell short. Okay, I'm still here. What you got? Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're being waiting for podcast right now. What do you yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> 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 fell short you're with us what are you what are you trying no, to say no. about us you know i don't know i don't know how to take that no, well okay that's no. interesting so i mean i i guess and i don't want to assume here but yeah. i guess then as a even as a kid obviously if you're involved in sports early on you 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 probably show quite a bit of promise as a kid yes you're way above average yes. in high school yes. you're getting offers in college yes. so you're the best of the best yes. most of your life yes. focused yes. have a dream i assume oh, yes. to play yes. in the nfl yes what's that like to start to realize that that may not come to fruition is that kind it's of tough. a thing that happens in a moment and and then how do you process mm. that cuz that's a total change of that's focus tough. for your life <clears throat> walk when, us through that when we were uh i remember uh, me and a teammate uh, we were sitting down, we were looking at each other, and we were, we were we were saying to each other, if we can't play in the NFL, we don't know what we're going to do. Wow. Mm. You know, and this is at a young age. We were like 16 at this time when we were talking like that because yeah. uh, we were uh, uh, high pro uh, athletes at that time. And so that's what our goal was. Our dream was to play in the NFL. That's all we saw. So um, coming into college, um, especially transferring into Stephen F. Austin, I came in the uh, – I came in the fall, actually. So I, I didn't get a chance to have spring practice. Yeah. So that first year for me was a wash, pretty much. Mm. Uh, my my final year, my senior year, I, I was All-American. Um, so I was like third in the team in tackles, had like four interceptions. So I, I was really doing my thing my senior yeah. year. Right. My coach came over to me and he was like, man, if you would have did that your first year here, Man, you know, so he was wow. really impressed with that last year. But yeah. I was real comfortable. I yeah. understood the plays. I understood what they wanted from me. Uh, I did try out with a couple of teams. Uh, I, I tried out with the Cowboys. Uh, I tried out with Washington. Uh, Washington was uh, pretty high on me. 
they told me that they would draft me, but they didn't. Mm. Uh, so once I didn't get in, man, it, it was a letdown because wow. now all of, all of a sudden you have to readjust your thinking. Yeah. You have to try to figure out what are you going to do. Uh, school wasn't a priority for me. Mm. So after playing football, I just dropped out. Um, so I, I went back home and uh, had to kind of rethink and recalibrate uh, my life. Mm. Golly. So I started working in a, uh, a factory, uh, Champion. In Fort Worth, okay. where yeah. they build uh, clutches. <clears throat> okay, I did that for maybe about six months, and I realized this is not where I yeah. want to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're, yeah, you're thrust into all of a sudden this world where you, okay, now I got to yes. provide for myself. Yes. While at the same time trying to figure out what am I going to do? This is everything yeah. I've ever wanted to do is yes. now off the table. Yes. Yes. My, man. My, yeah. All my energy went there, man. Yeah. Um. So after working at Champions for six months or so. Uh, I looked up and I said, man, you know what? I need to get back to school. So after wasting my time here for the last two years, I had to come back and start all over. Wow. So, that's so you I came did. back to SFA? I came back to Stephen F. Austin. That's how I came back. Okay. So once I got back, <clears throat> I kind of, you know, matured. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of kids, when they first get to college, they're mm-hmm. not really mature and they don't yeah. know how to study or they don't know why it's important. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I matured. Because I realized that this is not what I want to do. So if I go back to school, I'll have a better opportunity for myself. Yeah. So I matured in that way and I focused on school and, and I started hitting the books. And so I graduated from Stephen F. Austin in 94. Okay. Um, then after graduation, uh, I still didn't have an idea of really what I was going to do. Uh, I met a man named Basilio Fierro and he was the BSM director. Okay. And he started to disciple me. And wow. that's how... This was this was after you finished playing football. Yes, this okay. is after I finished playing football. Okay. So he started discipling me and started talking to me about Christ. First of all, I was in the UC just sitting down. Um, we call it the UC. Yeah, I'm, that's what it was called when I was in school. Yeah. I don't know what they call it. I think now. they call it Student Center now, but okay. it's still the UC. Okay. That's right. It's yeah. the UC. So I was I was sitting there just uh, relaxing in between classes. I was going to class this time. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just sitting there and he walked up to me and he asked me a question. He says, uh, can I ask you a question? And I said, yeah, sure. He says, um, if you die tonight. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that you will go to heaven? And wow. I said, I think so. And he said, well, uh, if you want to know for sure, uh, I want to invite you to lunch. Wow. Right. That's the first time you've met him. No, it's the first time I met him. Wow. And he just walks up to me. Uh, he gives me an invitation because uh, Wednesday Wednesday afternoon they were doing lunch at the BSM. Yeah, is it still called? The, yeah, we yeah. called it the BSU at the time. Right, yeah. BSM, BSM now. Yeah, okay. yeah. and they yeah. still do noon lunch That's Wednesdays right. at, yeah. at yes. yeah. So I went to the noon lunch. Uh, got got with him free meal. Okay, yeah. he's man. speaking a college kids man, love language right on, there. <laughs> I was like free meal too. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm there. Sign me up. <laughs> so got there. Um, uh, got with him. He started talking to me some more. And then from that moment on, he took me under his wing. Hmm. Uh, he would take me to mission trips. My first mission trip was to Mexico. Wow. Um, and so we went like maybe three to four times. Uh, he started ministering with me, uh, talking to me, letting me ask him questions. You know, is God and Jesus the same? Hmm. You know, those type of questions. Yeah. Do I pray to God or do I pray to Jesus? Hmm. You know? And so I, he was allowing me to ask him just questions that were on my mind. Yeah. Uh, so he discipled wow. me and walked me through um, the, the gospel. Yeah. 
And that's how I started my ministry, actually. Wow. Okay, so at that point in your life, was was faith even even part of your life? Or did, was it, uh, you just had a lot of questions? Or I mean, where did that, where were you in that Not nah, Okay, growing up, uh, my mom always took us to church. Hmm. You know, I think Lecrae has a line in one of his. Oh, uh, yeah. He was a drug baby. Yeah. That was me. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so my mom would always make sure that we were in church. Yeah. Um, you know, so we were always in church, but never, for me, never really understood church. Hmm. You know, we had a concept of church and yeah. we knew church. Um, so growing up, church was something that we did. Okay. Um, so at, at one point in my life where I think when I was like 14 or 15, my mom started letting me choose. Hmm. Uh, if I was going to go or not. Uh, and so I decided not to go because football was on. Yeah. So Sunday oh, was yeah, football. Sunday. Yeah. So, you know, so she allowed us to choose at that age. And so, we, you know, I just kind of really just weaned away from it. Uh, coming into college, not for, uh, church wasn't an issue for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So this, so this really was a time where you had, it was familiar from yes. your childhood. Yes. Yes. Definitely familiar. But. In terms of something that you were seriously pursuing, it no, wasn't. No, it wasn't. never was pursuing. No, but then no. his this relationship sparked. Man, yes, a real hunger in you. You yes. obviously had questions. You yes. were thinking about things. Yes. yes. Wow, that's yes. that's yes. pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you said you said it really even sparked ministry. Yes. And uh, you know, I see, obviously the people around here have have heard you preach, mm-hmm. um, and and know that it's something that that God has has called you to. Right. Walk us walk us through that. Like, what what does it look like from that point when when you start really diving into your faith as it evolves into recognizing that man God's even calling you to right. to be in ministry vocationally right. to pastor. I mean, right. how how does how does that go? Well, um, once Basilio continued to disciple me. I mean, these this is over years. You know, as long wow. as he was here, as long as I was here, so we had that relationship going. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, Basilio decided that he was going to go on a mission. And he was going to leave uh, the BSM mm-hmm. to be a missionary. Wow. That broke my heart. Oh, man. That made me bitter. Well, I, I say bitter, but it just really hurt me that he would leave me. Yeah. You know, because of the relationship that we had. Yeah. And, and so I stopped going to church. Wow. Yeah. I, I was like, you know, like a, um, I was hurt. Yeah. You know, that he would leave yeah. like that. Um, so I decided that, you know, I must pull back in, uh, go back to the friends that I had. Hmm. which were my college buddies. Yeah. So I, I tried that for a little while, but it just didn't stick for me. Wow. It just didn't feel a, a part of me. Yeah. You know, it, it didn't fit my lifestyle. Yeah. So after me pouting, that's what I was, that's <laughs> what I was doing. I was pouting and I was mad at God hmm. for allowing him to leave me. And then I kind of, you know, recovered. Yeah. And I got back into ministry again. And then I started reaching out to the football players uh, so I felt like these guys need to hear the gospel. Yeah. So I started a football ministry. Um, so I started, first of all, I started with football players. Yeah. Then all of a sudden the basketball players start coming. Hmm. The volleyball girls start coming. The track girls start coming. The track guys start coming. Wow. The baseball players start coming. And so that was my first opportunity wow. to minister. Wow. So you just, you, you, that all sparked from you saying, you know what, this is a, this is where I was in my life. Yes. My yes. eyes have been opened to the yes. truth of the gospel, yes. and I'm going to yes. go back into that place yes. and sow, yes. sow the yes. truth. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I felt a burden for these guys because I was wow. like, man, okay, they want them to play football, right? 
And, and this is a physical thing, yeah. but nobody is caring about their spiritual life. Wow. And so I felt like that was my burden. So I got with uh, this guy named Kyle Klimke. He was the director of the BSM mm-hmm. or BSU at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just asked him, okay, can you come with me to make sure I'm saying everything right? Hmm. <laughs> wow. Just to make sure I'm doing wow. this right. Right. So he would come in, he would sit there and he would listen as I would go through the Bible and talk to these guys just to make sure that my doctrine was on point or yeah. I was interpreting the scripture correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how they got started. Okay. So I'm just curious. What I think I think a lot of people struggle with feeling that burden. I mean, you describe feeling a burden for these guys. Yeah. You know, knowing knowing clearly the world that they've lived in, yes. what you know, what their day in and day out life is like, and having a burden for them. I think right. a lot of people could probably uh, express having a, a burden for someone or sure. or a group of people, whatever. Sure. the The hard part is then, what do I do with that? Yeah. How do I yeah. how do I even step yeah. out? I love to hear you say, you know, I stepped out. And I asked for somebody to go with me, but I wasn't even sure I was saying everything yeah. correct. I was just going to go like, what, yeah. what has to, what would you say to somebody that said, that says, man, I feel a burden, but yeah. I don't know how to do it. How would you yeah. encourage somebody? I, I would just say, trust God. Hmm. Uh, because if, if he's giving you a burden, he's yeah. going to provide everything that you need. Wow. For me, it was, uh, Kyle was more of a safety net for me. Yeah. So to make me feel as if I'm doing something wrong, he can correct that. Yeah. Uh, but he provided this man and the willingness for him to go with me. Yeah. So yeah, I just trust God. Just you just gotta yeah. jump out there and do just it. Just trust. At him. the end of the day, there's really nothing else to say except yeah. you just, just gotta go him. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because when when I went back to him, I went to um, uh, the athletic uh, director at the time, and I, and I was letting him know, hey, I think that these guys need to hear the gospel. Hmm. You know. And, and the whole team don't have to come. Whoever just wants to come can come, right? And that's how it started. So he said, well, we can't make them come. Right. So whoever wants to come can come. So first of all, we started off with just a few guys, right? And then over time, man, that thing just blossomed. Wow. Yeah. That's how they have uh, FCA right now. Wow. That's what so that's that where that came spawned from. FCA? Yes. yes. Wow. Which is so cool because I know you get to even, uh, as part of FCA and the crew that works there, they do chapels and stuff yes. for the different yes. teams and i know you've been able to even go back yes. and, wow. and be, That's cool. yes. be part of it. what's that like yeah. even when you get to go back now man. these years later and nervous and, man nervous <laughs> but you're sewing into something you're speaking at something i'm that nervous all the time you yeah. started that's yeah. really cool yeah yeah and it's like man god had his hand on it because mm. right after a couple of years I, th- I think i did it for like maybe three years yeah and i ran across some really great guys like uh jeremiah trotter he oh, came yeah. through my played for the yeah. played for the Eagles yeah. and, wow. yeah. and Terrence Shaw. Yeah, uh, you know, he played for San Diego. He yeah. came through the Bible study, and, and I was able to sow into these guys' lives, man. Wow! <clears throat> and so it, it was—it's just what God had for me at that time. Yeah. So I, I did it for like three years, yeah. and then I had a burden that God wanted me to do more. Wow. Uh, Kyle was uh, confirming that too. He was like, Keith, God is looking for you to do more, right? Mm. So I decided to go to seminary, and that's how I went back to Fort Worth, and I went to seminary at Southwestern. Wow. Yeah. So, so by – just make sure folks catch that. Yeah. By stepping out and saying yes to the Lord to be obedient, to go back and to sow into yeah. the lives of these young men. Yeah. What ends up happening in yes. return is that God shows you yes. even – yeah. the call he's put on your life. Yeah. And not, I didn't know that at the time. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, I need to grow more. 
Right. And that's the, you know, and so I need to be challenged more. And so that's how seminary came into the picture. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like from the very beginning, those conversations at, at the BSM, the hunger never really went away. Yeah. Right. Yes. You were, you were going after answers and, and yeah. depth all the time. Yes. 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 I love that. I yeah. love that. Okay. So, so now the, the other, uh, you, you're, you do it all. Okay. So we just, you, you do it all. And, uh, one of the things that you do is you, your full-time gig is at the post office. So Man. you are a, uh, a central figure in the Nacogdoches <laughs> community yeah. because of the vibe you give off at That's the right. post office. Really? Well, and you were just telling us, and I'm going to write a letter to complain. So if any, any post office <laughs> officials are listening, get Keith out of the back and put him back in the front. Um, oh, man. But, okay. Uh, but, okay, so one just kind of goofy question I had. Okay. There's certain, I feel like there are, there are certain occupations that you probably get the same exact questions over and over and over again. Maybe I'm wrong, okay. but when people find out you work at the post office, okay. is there any... Like, what's the most common question you get when people find out that you work at the post office? I don't know. Maybe there's not one, but I felt like there there might be. No, not really. I think. I oh, think. Come on, give me something. I, I don't know. Maybe look bad on this show here. No, I, I, I really don't know. <laughs> um, this, I don't know. Really, you've had some really interesting stories. Yeah. You've, surely you could share with us. We had a police officer on not too long ago, and he—that's a world. He had all sorts of interesting stories. I feel like. Working at the post office, you come across all sorts public of public servant. Yeah, yeah, public yeah, servant. You I gotta have some story. Can you? Is there a good post office story you can share with us? Uh, no, not on air. <laughs> <laughs> there are some, but I, okay. I don't know how this will go over though, man. Come on, I we we, we would. Love you can to edit hit. this now. I don't know. No. <laughs> okay, okay. This is not bad. I don't think. Okay, okay. This is during uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Week, right? Okay. And I'm trying to practice on my Spanish, mm-hmm. right? Uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> so this lady was coming, and she had this shirt. And it had, oh, I can't say this on air, man. <laughs> You're going to back out of the story right now? <laughs> okay, so this is what you do, is that yeah. the next time you see Keith. You ask him about this story. Yeah. Well, okay. So now you're gonna have a bunch of inquiries. On this, well, <laughs> this may have, yeah, may have no, no, Okay, okay. I, I don't think it's bad. It could be, but I'm not really sure. So you guys write Kindle if it goes south. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Okay, my so, email is Blake Russell. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So on her shirt, see, I'm trying to practice Spanish, and so I'm just unaware. And she has protect the tatas. Yeah. Right. So I'm thinking that's Spanish. Uh oh. <laughs> and I was like. Hello, tatas, tatas. Oh no! And you're trying to practice your Spanish. Oh my gosh! I never heard that before. Did she just freeze? No, like what no. is her? Hey, my my coworker just started busting. Up. Oh my gosh! And because I've never heard that term. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's Spanish. It's, yeah. And you're trying to work I on your I'm Spanish. I'm trying to. Sp- I'm like just <laughs> blasting it out. Protect the tatas. Protect oh the tatas. Oh man! Everybody just started. Rolling, so it's a wonder man. you still you still work there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I was like, man, talk about somebody turning red. Oh, oh, that's a good one. That is funny. That's funny. Well, so uh, talk us, talk to us about, so you, you are back here in Nacogdoches. Um, You, you go to seminary Mm -hmm. and you know, this is another thing I think that, that we don't talk often enough about. I think a lot of times we have this idea of ministry and that God's called me to something. And if God's called me to something, that means I need to have a job in a church or I need right. to be, uh, you know, I, I need to be a missionary and go off right. and so, right. but, but the reality is that that's not, that's not true. And right. so you, uh, 
are living in the world of, of walking in your calling, who yeah. God's called you to be, and, and, and doing that in the context of the local church, also working in a quote-unquote secular job, you right. know, working right. in the workaday world. Right. What, what's that like? How do, you, uh, how do you balance those two things? What do you, what's your viewpoint on that? Well, and it's, sometimes it can be tough to balance. Sure. Um, my, my first thing is that in the morning I try to have a quiet time. Yeah. Because I try to get my mind in a, in a state of, of praise and worship. So I, I want to be prepared before I even enter the building. So that's my routine in the morning. I get up, get my coffee, start reading. So mentally, wait, I'm get your get your what? Your cup of what? Sweet tea, I think is what he said. Oh I think my bad. Yeah. No, no, no. Coffee. <laughs> I coffee. Yeah, my coffee. Okay, so you so, get in the morning. Sorry, so, I interrupted so you. So I'm studying and I'm you know I'm getting into the word. So that way I'm prepared yeah. mentally. So when I engage with people, I want to be able to present Christ as mm-hmm. much as possible. Yeah, but. Sometimes it's difficult. You yeah. know, people can be difficult. They can rub you the wrong way. And so sometimes I, I do well, sometimes I, I don't. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We had uh, Teresa Allen in here the other day, and we were talking to her. She's a teacher, mm-hmm. and we were talking about her about the exact same thing. Yeah. And it's funny because she mentioned the morning routine. Yeah. And she talked about, you know, before I go into that classroom, yes. I need to. Because we said, what would you tell young teachers? And she said, I would tell them to praise the Lord yeah. in the morning. Yeah. As as part of your routine, why do you why do you think the morning is significant? Why is well, well, I mean, two people have said that. Why do you think yeah. that's an important piece? Well, I, I think it it just sets your day. Yeah, you know, it, it gets you in the mind frame of where you need to be. Hmm. You know, as a Christian. Yeah, and, and the Word tells us to meditate on the Word day and night. Yeah, and so the first thing you ought to do yeah. is say, God, here I am for mm-hmm. you. You know, shape me, mold me. Um, you know, just direct my path. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that's so important. There's something significant about beginnings and endings. I yeah. think it was, uh, I think Bonhoeffer writes about that in life together. Yeah. He talks about yeah. a Christian community beginning and ending mm. days together and why yeah. beginnings are so important to focus on the yeah. Lord and prayer and praise. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, wow, that that's, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, give us a, uh, give us an idea of uh, of what your world looks like now you are uh you're you're working in the post office right uh you've got a personal training Mm. oh should i not no don't call him he's not he's he's don't do that okay okay (laughs) um i mean yeah what 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 are you involved in now what does ministry look like for you now i mean just give us a window into your world as it stands today okay um basically um you know in the morning of course uh just uh, getting into the word, um, going to work, training, working out. Yeah. And then, uh, that's about it really. Yeah. Um, that's all I have time for actually. Yeah. Uh, as far as ministry goes, um, I think, um, you know, I probably went into a drive spell for a little bit. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think it happened right at COVID. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty common. Yeah. Tell us about that. I think a lot of people would say, yeah, that's well, me. I, I, th- I think, while I was here before, um, I was teaching. Yeah. And that, that really kept me grounded mm. in, in a way that, for me, I, I like to study and, and, and get into the scriptures. Yeah. And I like to dig. And, I, yeah. and that just really is my highlight. Yeah. Mm. So when I stopped doing that, I stopped digging into the scripture and, mm. and searching it out. And I just started being surface, mm. you know. And surface is okay for a little while, but you can't survive on surface. Wow. Yeah. And, and so for a while, I just been surface, 
you know. So if there was a minute <clears throat> where it was just really hard to retain the word, you know, you know, you could be reading the word of God and it's just go in one ear and out the other. Mm. It doesn't impact you at all, but you're still doing it, mm, hoping yeah. that God will just open your heart to it. And so I, I think that there was a dry spell for me for mm-hmm. a little while. Uh, and you you probably was like, man, where is Keith? What is he up to? I'm calling him. I'm asking him if he'll do this. And he keeps saying no. You know, and yeah. I, I think I was just going through a dry spell. Mm-hmm. And, and then I, recently you called me. You said, hey, Keith, I got something for you. Are you okay with that? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Uh, and so I just prayed to God. God, open my heart. Right. Yeah. So recently, as I was reading, I think I was reading something from uh, um, Charles Stanley. Yeah, he has a little devotional yeah. that I be reading that I'm reading right now. Yeah, and he talked about how the word is meant to guide us. It's meant to transform us. It's meant to uh, instruct us, mm-hmm. right? And we just have to be receptive to it. Mm. And so I was like, God, just let me be receptive, right? Mm. So your challenge uh, for me to get up and preach again really inspired me in a way. Mm. Uh, so like the last couple of days, I've been home preaching. You know, yeah. <laughs> preaching to my dog. There you she, go. She's tired of my service right now. <laughs> she's like, rah, rah. Yeah. <laughs> not again. You know? I, I mean, yeah. That, yeah so, so anyway, it, it's like I, I know, man. Sometimes we just go through that that rough patch. Yeah. And and the word is like it's just bouncing off of us. It's not really making an impact. And so I, I was grateful to be able to say, okay, I have a reason now. <clears throat> to get back in there and dig in the scripture, to research, to figure out what this means, what is this saying, you know, insight. Because I I think as pastors, you have a a certain gift of insight Mm. where scripture can just say one thing, but then as you just study it and look at it, Mm. all of a sudden it opens up Mm. and you're able to interpret it in a different fashion. Mm. You're able to see things that normal people won't see and you're able to bring it all together. Mm. You know, and so I think that is happening to me again. Mm. What's that? What's that like? Is that refreshing? It is scary. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, what's the? It's, it's refreshing in a way mm. because you knew you could do it, but you just haven't done it mm. in so long. Yeah. And now that you're you're back there, it's like God is saying, "Okay, I'm gonna give you this again." You know. Wow. So I'm gonna open this back up for you and and let you see what I'm saying. You know, it's it's just different. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. I. I wonder if in those times, I don't know, I but where when we go through those dry spells, whether consistency there, even though we don't necessarily feel like yeah. anything is happening, yeah. Yeah. where we feel more surface. I mean, I've certainly yeah. had those seasons yeah. where it can be a long stretch of time yeah, where I sure. do feel like it's just bouncing off of me. Yeah. You said going in one ear and out yeah. the other, yeah. and I certainly have one of those. But I wonder if, though, and I, I'm going to say I think that the truth is that it is, but right. I, I feel like even though we're not aware of it, yeah, that when we stay yes. engaged, yes. that there's still something transforming in me. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I, I even think, though we don't necessarily know what's going on. I, what yeah, do you think? I think two things, actually, on that. <clears throat> One, yeah, it's good to stay in there. You know, yeah. stay, stay, stay put, stay in that routine in the sense of getting into that word, even though it feels surface. Yeah. Right? Mm. But the other thing is the obedience part. Mm. The transformation doesn't happen unless there is obedience. Yeah, that's good. And, and so I, I think that's where the dry spell came. Mm. It, it was a lot of reading, but no action. 
Yeah, you see? Yeah. And transformation only happens when you take that word and the Holy Spirit reveals that word and then you say yes and you do yeah. that word. Yeah. You know, James says, don't be just hearers, yeah. but be doers. Yeah. And so that's the transformation. And I think a lot of mm. us are just reading without the doing part. Yeah. And in the, it's in the doing that you actually discover yes. that it hasn't been going in yes. one ear and out the other, that yes. there's actually been something going yes, on, but exactly. you won't find that out. Yes. Unless there's obedience. Yes, correct. Man, that's really well said. That's that's, yeah. that's so good. Well, I get I'm excited to, to you know, Keith alluded to it and this yeah. will come out I think the week the, of Right, right before. Yeah. So the Tuesday where this comes out, if you're listening to this on a Tuesday through Saturday, yep. then you have fair warning, you better be here on Sunday morning. It's gonna uh, be exciting. Keith's gonna be uh, preaching for us uh, on that Sunday. That's it. And excited to, to hear what the Lord has been doing. Man, I really appreciate you you coming by. I think folks have, have learned a lot about Man, uh, about you. Right? And uh, so I appreciate you coming by. This feels like a this feels like I know I say this a bunch, but this feels like this is part one of maybe part two, three. I feel like there's so much more. <clears throat> Uh, to get into, but we're yeah. out of time uh, yeah. for today. But seriously, thanks for for coming by. And right. uh, friends, we've got uh, other folks that we're going to be interviewing coming up. We've got a really good schedule. But again, want to hear from you. If there's anybody that you feel like, hey, you need to talk to this person, yeah. this would be a great interview. Please let us know on any of our uh, channels. You can certainly reach us. But we like to always say our email, which is stc at fredoniahill.org. Yeah, that's Send it. Send those emails, those uh, friends of the pod. Friends of the pod. Shout outs and all that. That's right. Yeah. And and again, don't forget, man, how easy it is to just sit down with somebody yeah. and have a conversation. Hmm. What God might do to encourage you, inspire you, to connect you with somebody else by just grabbing a cup of coffee or sweet tea and having a conversation. You yeah. might be blown away by the friends that you make. So Keith, thanks wow. again for being here and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Adios. Adios.